Welcome to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today we don't have a guest, but we got a few things to uh, talk about. Uh, in the uh, next segment, I, I want to cover a few things. Uh, J.J. Reddick, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Dolphins opting for Jay Cutler. And also, why did the Giants re-sign the Panda? I like it. Do you really? I do. Bring him back. Come on. He was, he was a hero. And what, what, how's it going to hurt the team? Come on. Well, at this point, it won't hurt. Won't hurt them they, all. They, they're in last place, and they're getting them for a song. You know, let him bring him in if he can do something great. If he can't, no big deal. They don't have anybody else to play third base. Is it, is it a one year contract? I don't. I think they just got him through the rest of the year, and if he does well, maybe they will consider re-signing him i kind of doubt if they would unless he had just a phenomenal drive stretch drive but i don't think that's going to happen huh okay yeah very interesting all right so uh this segment of sports econ 101 is sponsored by pacific private money providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over seven and a half percent in fact last month's distribution was 8.4 percent where's my money where's my money money? yeah show me the money show me the money the famous movie jerry Maguire. that's right with tom cruise and cuba gooding yep Love yeah. those guys. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, and it, it, let's see. At each commercial break, we're going to ask a baseball question. Baseball, because we love baseball. We do love baseball. We do we? love baseball. It's our favorite sport. It we're, is. But, but that shows you how old we are. You know, older guys like baseball. Younger guys like basketball and football. That's is just, that right? Yeah, yeah. It's the, the old, huh. older demographic likes baseball because it reminds them of the the uh, kind of calm and you know peaceful and leisurely days of summer back in the nineteen sixties. Huh. When we were kids. That's, that's how we get away from all the nonsense that was going on in the 60s. Go to the ballpark. And play tiddlywinks. Yes, that's right. Let's see. We have, uh, I'm trying to think here. We've got uh, questions that are not too hard oh, okay. for our friend Bruce cool. McGowan. We always like to give him questions that we think are going to stump him just yeah. a little bit, but not that's too fun. much. All right. You can listen to Sports Econ 101 on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Sports Byline USA, and CRN, along with Hundreds of stations around the country. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your Paintball Tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. 
Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Start your own color party with colors like champagne and jubilee. Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 35% on paints and stains during the Love for Color sale, August 11th through the 14th. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com slash save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. So, Bruce, I wanted to first talk about J.J. Redick uh, going from the Clippers. He was supposed to go to the Rockets, but apparently at the last minute, his contract got changed from four years to three years. So he opted to go for the 76ers for a a one-year deal. Now, he's 33 years old. Mm. So... How much I, is he getting paid by the Sixers? I think it's ten million. So he, he he got a better deal for one year than he would have gotten for three with the Rockets. I think so. Yeah, I'd have to kind of God, research why would something. You, again. Why would you want to go to the? I, I realize the money situation, <laughs> and he's thirty three. But why would you want to go play for the Sixers when you have a chance to play for the Rockets, who could be in the conference finals against the Warriors? I don't I don't get that at all. I think when I, when I again I was reading like Yahoo Sports, yeah. and they said that he was a little concerned that the ownership is a little skittish. With regard with to change, yeah, yeah, like, really, yeah, to, so that the uh, contract might uh. get changed. Like it's like, oh yeah, four year or uh. three years, and then get now we'll get rid of you. Uh. It might be a yeah. little bit too. Yeah, you know, I'm not in his shoes, so I shouldn't judge the situation. But I, if I was a ball player, you know, he's made a lot of money. Obviously, I'm he's sure. not, he's yeah. not like you know making thirty million a year like Steph Curry is, but he's making good money. Yeah. And I mean, you, you don't get too many chances to play on a championship caliber team. The, the Sixers are a few years away from even being a contender. Maybe not that far away, but uh, Houston is right there. Now, did he win when he was with Duke? Did they win? I one don't of the... think they won it. No, when I don't believe was... so. I don't believe so. So no. he he's never been on a championship team. No, maybe in high school. But I oh, mean, yeah, you know, you count. don't get that many shots at it. And when you do have a chance, it's like JaVale McGee. He could have gotten more money if he'd left the Warriors, the backup center of the Warriors. But he decided, okay, I'll stay here. I can, I can. Win another championship, make money in endorsements, and you know maybe up my profile. And next year I'll you know move on. Now what so kind of endorsements would he be? Yeah, you know shoe endorsements, probably small shoe companies, but still. I mean, if you play for a world's championship team, even if you're the 
you know, seventh or eighth or tenth player on the team, you're going to get some notoriety and you're going to get some uh, some perks on the side. Yeah, as long as you've played a little bit where people know your name. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. not really well-known outside the Bay Area, but he's here in the Bay Area, JaVale McGee was a much more of an upgrade over uh, Maurice Spates. That's for sure, because yeah. unlike Spates, who was a good defensive presence, this guy was good defensively, and he scored a lot of points. When yeah. he, when I liked him, him better than Bogut, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, he, he stayed, healthy. stayed healthy. And yeah. Andrew Bogut, when he stayed healthy, was solid, but he couldn't stay healthy. And didn't JaVale – he's been around for a while. Yeah, he's, been, he's played for some different teams. I mean, uh, he was mocked by uh, Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. called him, you know, Sha- Shaq and the Fool. Yeah, but uh, what was the big deal? I mean, well, he makes some boneheaded plays, and he was playing on bad teams, and they just – you know, he's a big guy, and he's kind of goofy, and they just yeah. sort of – Shaquille O'Neal likes to poke fun at people. You know, he's just that kind of a guy. So it, it was. was, it was a, well, he did. I mean, again, I hadn't really been familiar with Javale except for when he he got to, to Warriors. Yeah, I'd heard he, of him. He was kind of a, a minor character on a small on a bunch of lousy teams. But you know, the Warriors, you get a good player or a, just a decent, half decent player, and put him on a team like the Warriors, and they're going to flourish. Going to get the most. Uh, yeah, out of him. I mean, he played really well. He did. He played exceptionally well. And I mean, the Warriors, you, you, whether you had him or. Um, uh, Zaza Pachulia in there. I mean, they, they were they were not hurting. Those aren't dominant centers, but they're guys that are not going to embarrass you. They're going to do the job defensively. They're going to get the rebounds. They're not paid to score a lot of points. But, you know, they did that alley-oop play a bunch of times, yeah. and that was kind of fun to watch, too. That was too. fun. Yeah, yeah, Zaza used to drive me a little crazy with the inability to put the ball in the basket. He's He's, you know, he'll <laughs> score a couple early, but then he'll kind of just concentrate on defense. You know what's good about Zaza Pachulia? You never you never see too much in terms of statistics from him, but he creates a lot of problems um, defensively. He he puts bodies on people. He well, that's what Bogut was known for. Too, yeah, right? Bogut yeah. was, but Bogut was more you know statistically. Bogut had better stats. Zaza though has played for twelve years. There's, yeah. you know the guy must be good if he's been playing for the NBA for twelve years. Well, he's so, tall, so uh, that, he's that, tall. That he's that a big dude. He's just a he's built like a you know like a rock, and uh, you don't want to run into him. He, he's a mean dude. He's an enforcer out on the court. I like having a guy like that on there. You know, you need a guy like that because uh, people like Durant and and yeah. uh, Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry they need to have somebody in there who's going to have their backs, and he will. I mean, I've seen him stand up to players and, and literally you know get in the guy's face um, yeah. if they threaten one of the Warriors you know big big scorers. So. You want yeah, to have those kind of guys. Yeah, he seems a little on the uh, quiet side. But he is very, very yeah. soft spoken. But if you get him in the right mood, he'll 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 talk. Well, I remember when he um, I'm trying to remember who did he um, played for uh, Oklahoma, right? Yeah, but, he's played for a couple of different teams. I'm trying to remember who he played for yeah. before he came here. He's been in the league for God about 12 years. And I remember when he got into a little scuffle with the Warriors um, before he played. Yeah, with them oh yeah, he's a, he's been known to mix it up. You know, yeah. he's he's a physical guy. Uh, you know, those Eastern Europeans are usually yeah. pretty tough dudes. Well, and uh, you know, I think about Kevin Durant being, you know, I don't want to say skin and bones, but you know, he's tall and he's very lanky. Very lanky. And you know, you got to have somebody kind of protect his back. You do. In it's, fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the ownership says, "Listen, here's our star player. You do what you need I, to do." And to I think Pachula, I think Pachula knew that when he signed on that he was not. Obviously, he knew he was not going to be a a guy who would score a lot of points. But rebounding, uh, defense, and just you know helping out um, and double teams. I mean, he, he's that kind of a guy, and I think he did a very good job. You don't hear much about him because he's not a glamorous player. He can't jump very much, but uh, boy, he's yeah. uh, you know he's an important part of that team. Well, that's what I really appreciated about Iguodala. Um, as as much as he was, you know, close to being a superstar, he took a back seat. He and, did, and it 
graciously, and I think that's one of the reasons why they played so well. I think so. And also, Iguodala's older. He's 30, I guess he'll be 33 this year, and he realizes you know, his time is limited, and uh, why not take a backseat if you can play on a championship team rather than be a star on a lousy team? Well, you know what really surprised me with the attitude was Matt Barnes. Yeah, because again, Matt now, Matt's now an older player. Well, now an older player. I think and, older and players are that way. They, 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 yeah, they yeah. kind of calm down. They, they, um, you know, there's still a little bit of fire in their oh, belly, but, but they that, get yeah. they mature. They do because he, he was definitely a, a loose cannon. Well, and he before. played for so many teams. He bounced around the league a bunch, and he had this reputation of being bad boy off yeah, the court. He really exactly. wasn't. He had a couple little minor scraps off the court. Nothing serious. Uh, Derek Fisher's wife or something like that. Yeah, was some kind of he, he had a, a he, Derek Fisher, I believe, was going out with his ex-wife. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. And they had a little, you know, beef. Um, but it was, you know, the, the media loves to play those things up. <laughs> <laughs> they love to get involved in that stuff, don't they? Yeah, isn't it kind of fun how uh, you, you talk to these guys and they, I, of course, they may be just doing it for show. Like, oh, there's really nothing between us. And then off the court, there oh. may be something. So you really yeah. don't know. You really don't know. <laughs> well, it's good that they keep it to themselves. We don't need to know all that stuff. You know? Yeah. I mean, the media today is more pervasive. It's more tabloid oriented. And it's encouraged to be that way, which is unfortunate. But that's just the way of the world we live in. Yeah, you know, you think about times uh, – I'm just guessing now based on movies and stories and stuff like that. But like when Babe Ruth was uh, being interviewed, I mean, they treated him like a god. Oh, yeah. And and there was this almost revering respect. It's like you didn't see too many people write bad things. No. Well, and the thing was, Babe Ruth was a likable guy. Yeah, he drank and he played around a lot, but he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't break any laws. And you know, he was like a big kid and he played with a joy and he mm-hmm. was a nice guy. You know, he wasn't a jerk. Yeah, so. you don't really hear stories about him bad-mouthing other no, players or anything no. like that. Yeah, he and Lou Gehrig had a little tiff for a while there, but because Lou Gehrig was a very kind of uh, soft-spoken, um, sort of church-going, quiet, you know, unassuming guy. And Babe was this carousing, blustering, you know, wild character. And there was a lot of difference between the two, but they got along. They ended up uh, becoming friends. But at the beginning, it was not a lot of uh, love laws between those two. Well, let's see uh, – there was, what, about 10 or 11 years difference between them, isn't eh, there? Something like that, yeah. Although, yeah. you know, uh, Lou Gehrig died at the age of 39 yeah. uh, of ALS. Which... Because Ruth started in 1914 with the Red Sox. Yeah. And I think 1925 is when, um, and I'm guessing they started at, at like, about the mid-20s. The yeah, yeah, because uh, Gehrig played for 15 years, and he played every single day for 15 years. Imagine that. How many players could do that today? Yeah, I guess that's right. When he started, he played up until the time he finished. They're really till til his disease till the yeah. d- disease broke the streak. Yeah, broke the streak, huh. and then he was gone the next year, and then he was dead within two years. It's sad. Speaking of yeah. players that have passed, it's really sad to hear that both Darren Dalton and yeah. Don Baylor, a couple yes. of stars from the eighties and nineties, are gone. I, I know. I was very sad to hear that. Uh, but you know, I mean, no nobody is guaranteed to live a long life. No, with sixty eight and fifty five yeah. ages. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, we're going to go to our first commercial break. Um, we know Pete Rose has the most hits, followed by Ty Cobb. Who is third? Who is third? Do you know that one? Boy, I, I, I kind of got an idea, but I'm not sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take a guess. Okay, it's not All Cookie right. Rojas. No, Cookie Rojas. you got about 6,000 more players to go. Yeah, I'm going to buy a cake and put some candles on it and celebrate losing the bleeping ball game. Is that what his That's thing what was? he said to me, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they lost, <laughs> they lost to the A's. He was managing the Angels at the time, and I said, uh, oh, yeah, it's got to be right. tough to lose your third in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really worried about that. <laughs> beep, beep, A's. All right. Uh, don't touch that house. Once he got one, we'll be right back. 
When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. If you suffer from back pain, joint pain, arthritis, or other chronic pain, you need to try the water therapy benefits that Avantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath provides. Not only does Avantage Walk-In Bath help get you in and out of the tub safely, it is proven to be beneficial to relieve aches and pains, giving you the relief to enjoy your day. You can enjoy taking your new bath and rejuvenating your body in as little as seven days. And if you call today and ask for the radio special, we'll give you a $1,500 coupon towards the purchase of a new Vantage walk-in bath. Every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a $1,500 coupon towards the purchase of a new Vantage walk-in bath. Your aches and pains can be washed away. Call right now for a risk-free quote. 800-552-6851. That's 800-552-6851. The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable, you can't use it. But now there's the Sunsetter Retractable Awning. A Sunsetter Retractable Awning opens and closes in just 60 seconds, and it keeps your patio about 20 degrees cooler. It provides instant shade and protection from the sun's harmful rays. You can get your Sunsetter for as little as $5.99 when you call now to get your special $200 discount certificate and free awning idea kit. You're going to love your Sunsetter Retractable Awning. Sunsetter awnings are assembled in America and guaranteed to last. So call 800 692 now to get a free awning idea kit with DVD plus your $200 Sunsetter discount certificate. This is a limited time offer, so call 800-692-0268. That's 800-692-0268 for your free awning idea kit with DVD and $200 discount certificate. There's no obligation, so call 800-692-0268 now. Back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Here is our first trivia question. We know Pete Rose uh, has the most hits, followed by Ty Cobb. Who is third? I'm going to guess Honus Wagner. What? No. A little, little, little more recent? Uh, yes. Than like Honus, a, like yeah. a, like a lot a, more recent than like Honus. More, <laughs> more in the 60s or yes. 70s? 60s? I'd say I'd say 60s and 70s. 60s and 70s. Who was it? I mean, that's a, that you you would you would think about him in the 60s and 70s. Wow. <coughs> Famous I can think guy. Of great great power hitter. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, gotta yeah. be. He's gotta, gotta be. be. Yeah. I'm stumped. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, of course. Yeah. yeah how could I? Most of those were home runs. <laughs> yeah, a lot of home runs. Three thousand seven hundred and seventy-one. Do you realize the day that we're the day that we're doing this? 
Today's August 7th. Ten years ago today, the, the day that we're recording this show, Barry Bonds broke his oh, yeah. home run record. Seven Bud Selig was not there. Bud Selig was not there and uh, did not give him a congratulatory, uh, you know. Uh, but why? Because of all the steroids? Or? Yeah. You know, the thing is, bon- Bonds guy. did steroids. But, you know, I thought there was a lot of hypocrisy about the league sort of blacklisting him when there were a lot of other players who did much worse. And um, it was because of Bonds was a high profile. And it also because if Bonds was a likable guy like Jason Giambi or yeah. admitted he had done it, they would have forgiven him. But since he didn't and he wasn't a nice guy with the media – they, you know, took him to task. Yeah, because I, I've mentioned that with, uh, uh, you know, I've mentioned this before. Um, a- Andy Pettit. Yeah, he just admitted it, and I don't think anybody, if you asked, they, yeah. they don't even remember he they did even it. Remember that? And there were a lot of other guys who did it too. Jeff Bagwell, who got yeah. into the Hall of Fame, probably did it. Yeah. I mean, he looked like Popeye in that locker. Yeah. Room. Speaking, I mentioned Don Baylor before. Don Baylor, mm-hmm. an interesting story. I mentioned this off air. Played on three different World Series teams in three different years. 1986 with the Red Sox. They lost to the Mets. 1987 with the Twins. They beat the Cardinals in 1988 with the A's. They lost to the Dodgers. Imagine that, playing on three World Series teams. Those are the only teams you ever played on that went to the World Series. But three different years, back to back to back. <clears throat> with three different teams, that's that's well, after after the '86 debacle by the Red Sox, it's oh, been so frustrating. God, and then, that must and, have been frustrating. And when with the '87 one, if you remember, every home team won. That's right. The Minnesota Twins with Kent Herbeck and Gary Gaetti, and uh, I don't think I think Jack Morris was on that team, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he oh was. yeah. Oh yeah. Hometown and, and, hero and Kirby Puckett. Yeah, oh god, love Kirby Puckett. Yeah, me Kirby too. Puckett was the nicest guy. Hey, what's happening, man? How you doing, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Little little tank. Yeah, he and Tony Gwynn, two of my favorite guys from the 1980s, and they're both gone. It's very sad. I know. But, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember when. Uh, yeah, because Kirby did he have some like liver or kidney? Yeah, he had a he had a uh, tumor in his eye, and his eye, had, or he no, he had melanoma or something in his not melanoma. And, he had a, he uh, had a thing where that where he had to lose. He lost his eye, and that necessitated him quitting the game and then he just his career or his life just went downhill without baseball whereas Tony Gwynn you know had a good life outside of baseball after baseball after Major League Baseball he was a uh, uh, manager for uh, San Diego State uh, Mm -hmm. for a number of years yeah the thing that killed Tony was he loved to chew tobacco (laughs) and he got uh, jaw cancer as a result of it or mouth cancer or something like that it's funny I don't think of him as as being a chewing tobacco kind of guy he always chewed it loved it yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I, I Years and years ago, I was working with the Portland Beavers, who were a AAA farm club of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I was doing some play-by-play for their television, and I did a feature on uh, tobacco chewing for, for our TV station I was working for. And Rod Scurry, you remember Rod Scurry, left-handed reliever? He was pretty good. He pitched, pitched the for the Pirates uh, when oh. they won the World Series in 1979. He, he was up with that team. Anyway, um, he showed me how to do it, and I tried it and was like, <laughs> oh, I almost threw up. But the thing was, after I got used to it, I did it for a while, it became really addictive. It's wow. very addictive, yeah. And it gives you this little buzz. And I can see why players like it. I can see, why. well, why they liked it. I don't think too many guys chew tobacco anymore. Do they even let it in the clubhouse anymore? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't or think not clubhouse, so. but in the dugout. I think players are allowed to do it if they want to do it on their own, but I don't think they yeah. – in the old days, they used to have – you know, little Spittoons. places. Well, little places where you could just pick it right up off the, you know, off oh, the oh. off the corner of the clubhouse. They have a little box of it. Hey, here's some free, you know, red man chewing tobacco Redman. or whatever. <laughs> Copenhagen. Yeah. No, Tony Gwynn liked the little the little tiny pinch between the chink and gum. That's the kind he like. It just sits there and it kind of percolates. The kind that that Rod Scurry liked was a big chaw. You'd put it inside of your mouth. It was real gummy and sticky, and you'd go. 
<laughs> then you spit out a. Sometimes you'd have it, to spit out because if you swallowed that, oh, oh no, you God. get sick. Yeah, you'd there was a guy sick. who did that. He got uh, he threw up on the mound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's happened. But if you uh, didn't, some guys like mix it with the bubble gum. Well, there too. was actually yeah, there were a lot of people that did that. But there was one guy I don't remember the, who it exactly was that slid into second base and swallowed his chaw and threw up just a huge <laughs> mess on the base. As <laughs> the the coach or the. Uh, Trainer comes out. Are you okay? Oh yeah, I just you know threw up my threw up the luckily threw up the chaw, to you know the plug. God, yeah, but you still gotta it's still gotta make you sick even after oh, that. Oh <laughs> God, just the thought of it. Holy moly, nasty, wow. nasty. <clears throat> okay, moving on. Uh, uh, so again, let, let's kind of go back. To, why did the Giants resign Pablo Sandoval? Why what did they you, resign? Think so? I, I think it's because there are a number of reasons. Number one, the team is in the tank. They haven't got a prayer this year. Number two. Their shortstop of the or third baseman of the future, um, Christian Arroyo, is out for the season with an injury, and there's really no alternative there. They have some other guys in the minors. They tried Connor Gillespie down there; he wasn't doing much. So they figured, hey, Pablo's available. We don't have to pay him much. I think the Red Sox pay almost his entire salary, so they pay him a couple of hundred grand. And uh, you know, if we catch lightning in a bottle, great. If not, no big deal, and probably sell a few more panda hats. You know, it works for me. And he'll br- he'll bring yeah. some people out. A lot of Giants fans yeah. don't like him anymore because of the way he dissed the organization and his teammates. But you know, get over it. Yeah, come and, on. And, when he he said that the Giants dissed him with the contract negotiations. Oh, what, what did they offer? On. Eighty million instead of ninety million. Yeah. Or something no, he like was that, actually or? offered five million more by the Red Sox. That's how much of a difference it was. And you know, I mean, considering, <laughs> I think he got what was it twenty million a year for the Red Sox? So, uh, you, uh, Something yeah, absurd. I was going to say, yeah, because he had a five year contract yeah. for ninety five million. I think unbelievable. So, so yeah, from ninety million. I, it sounded like he really just wanted to change a venue. I think so. And, you know, it didn't work out for him, and it worked out great for the Giants because he wasn't uh, – I didn't say it worked out great for the Giants but they didn't because they didn't really replace him. But he, no, he didn't, didn't do, do he didn't do anything well. in the American League. No, no, I was you know as much as he was uh, you know a fan favorite while he was here and you know hitting three home runs against the Detroit Tigers in the World Series. I you know when you start seeing a guy gain all that weight and just yeah. production go down, it's like I, I was really surprised Boston gave him. Uh, I mean, what were they thinking when they got? Well, you know, I don't think it was the weight so much. I think it was just he for some reason he just lost. I've never seen a player lose it so quickly. The weight didn't help, but you you remember he was he was hitting the ball. He was raking even with uh, the heavy poundage he was carrying around. So I don't know, but also he reached an age. You know, he's late twenties. He loves to eat. He he loves Venezuelan cooking, and that's a problem. You know, he doesn't like to uh, to eat uh, kale or low <laughs> low fat foods. He likes the good stuff. Now, he, if you see him today, it's interesting. He's taken off a lot of weight. It actually, looks pretty svelte. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sure. What is he like? Two twenty or something? Yeah, he's about two hundred. Two hundred. He's really? only, he's only five foot nine though. He's no, little, I know, but he was yeah. like up to two fifty. I liked Pablo. I, I enjoyed talking with him after games. He's a likable guy, uh, good teammate. Players, fans liked him. There was nothing not what's not to like. You know, he he had a good career with the Giants. You know, it's too bad that his career flamed out, but uh, who knows? Maybe he'll reclaim it here. Yeah, I understand. The uh, reception was uh, sort of mixed. Sort of mixed, and they got a double that helped to start the winning rally the other night. So hey, you know, who that, knows? You know that that's how you become a, a fan favorite again is you produce on the field. What's what's kind of be kind of fun as we're taping this show? Uh, they're playing the Cubs in the first of three this evening here in the city. And uh, Jake Arrieta is going against Matt Moore. Same matchup in game four of last year's uh, NLCS or NLDS. And uh, Pablo is going to be playing third base tonight. So that'll be fun to watch against Jake Arrieta. I'm looking forward to going out there. You know, the first 
major league game I ever attended. My parents took me out of school, believe it or not, in September of 59, went to Seal Stadium. The Giants were in their first pennant race against the Dodgers, first West Coast pennant race. And Ernie Banks was the first guy I saw hit a major league home run. And Felipe Alou was the first giant I saw a major league home run. A guy named Jackie. It's always some obscure player that wins the game. Jackie Brandt. You remember Jackie Brandt? He was a he was a kind of a yeah, backup yeah. outfielder. He played for four or five years in the fifties and sixties. Um, you know, as a regular, he played probably about twelve years. Hit the game winning homer, and uh, Jackie Brandt was my hero from that point on. The next year, they traded him, of course. Of course, yeah, they always trade your heroes. Um, so wh- what were you were talking about Cubs and Cubs and, and Giants? Yeah. So it's the but same I mean, team. You know, here are fifty oh, okay. fifty eight years later. I'm going to go, and I've been to, in the ensuing years. I've been to about four thousand major league games. So. <laughs> So you know, I remember the uh, the time I went to a Giants Cubs game in the seventies. It was a doubleheader, and uh, a fight broke out. And then I remember seeing Willie McCovey just reaching in and grabbing guys by the scruff of the neck and, and pulling them out. Yeah, yeah, just pulling them out. Yeah, big Willie. Yeah, <laughs> I was saying earlier, Willie Willie is still going to Giants games. He has own, has his own little private box up in the broadcasters' wing, and he can't get around much anymore because he's in a wheelchair. He's got bad knees. But uh, they just treat him like he's royalty, as Willie yeah, should. He's a great should, guy, sure. sweetheart, just an absolute nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Whereas Willie Mays, you know, I like Willie Mays. He's fun. He's a talker, and he's a great storyteller. But he's a little prickly. If you get off on the wrong foot with Willie Mays, you know, he'll, he'll kind of put you on a little, sort of on the defensive. Willie McCovey, not that way at all. That's, it's great that they yeah. treat the old players like I that. Think so. I think That's one thing I like about a lot of teams. They, they honor their past. Most yeah. teams in baseball do that. And I'll bet the guys in the clubhouse do, too. Oh, my God, yeah. No question. <laughs> no question. All right, we're going to cut to our second commercial break here. Uh, when was the last time that a player hit two inside-the-park home runs in a single game? Ooh, good question. And who was that player? Mm. So I'd like I'd like to, I'd like to you to name the player mm. and the year, if you oh, can. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right? Okay. Uh, so email edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to that question. When was the last time that a player hit two inside the park home runs in a single game? Got to be a got to be a speedy player, somebody who stole yeah, bases. I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I guess good, he's, good yeah, 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 he's got to be fast. Um, I don't know if he was necessarily known for his speed okay. per se. I mean, right. you know, not like known a, for power. Uh, um, probably a little bit more known for his power. Okay, but not a good not defense. A, not a great power hitter. Like a 20, 25 home run a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's fair enough. All right. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Here's the pitch to Willie. Here's a liner straight to Richardson. The ball game is over and the World Series is over. Willie McCovey hit it like a bullet. A line drive right straight to Bobby Richardson at second base. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your paintball tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest-growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. 
Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. This is an important announcement. If you're between 50 and 85 and worried about your loved ones, you can still get affordable life insurance for peace of mind. My life insurance coverage is guaranteed, and I was not required to get a medical exam. I had high blood pressure and diabetes, and I got my coverage with one telephone call. No exam necessary. I'm a smoker, and I wanted to take care of my family. I called to get my life insurance and my affairs in order. I wanted to do the right thing. Call Final Expense No Exam Insurance. Your rates are guaranteed and will never increase. I called and learned that this insurance cannot be canceled, even if you get sick or gain weight. And there are no restrictions on how my beneficiaries use the money when I'm gone. Don't wait until it's too late. Call now and get peace of mind for you and your family. Call 800 800-935-2177. 800-935-2177. 800-935-2177. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our second trivia question. We stumped our co-host. Who was the last, or when was the last time, and who was the player who hit two inside the park home runs in a single game? Wow, I'm stumped. Okay, well, I'll give you the year 1986. 1986, and he's not known for power. And he was. Well, no, I mean, he's not. I don't think he's known for speed per known se. Known for speed. Okay, I, mean, I, I wouldn't have thought of him. When I think of speed, Davy Lopes. I'm just throwing out a name because I know Davy was a great base runner. Yeah, uh, no, Greg Gagne for the Twins. Greg Gagne. I never would have guessed I, that. Yeah, never would have guessed Greg Gagne. <laughs> and, and again, I mean, was I right? He's not known for his speed nah, per se. Not really. I remember Davy Lopes. I, I was always surprised. I didn't realize Davy Lopes was such a great runner till he played with the A's late in his career. And I remember seeing him go from first to third on just a little ground, a little bloop single. And after the game, I asked him about that, and he was telling me he says there's a real art to what he called cutting the bag, which yeah. means you go on the inside, hit the inside part of the bag, and you save yourself two steps. And he always would do that. Uh, on, on second base? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of guys would go around the backside of the bag, you know, and they would take an extra step. And that, that one extra or two extra steps, he said, always allowed him. He, he had a huge number of triples in his career because of that. Now I've see, now you see guys when they uh, hit a ball that looks like it's going to be either a double or a triple, they'll take the outside mm-hmm. of first base so that they can have a straight shot. Yeah, but yeah. but you're talking about going I'm going to second base. From you second take, to base. Yeah, you cut the inside of the bag. You yeah, yeah. that would make sense cutting yeah, the bag rather yeah. than going to the back side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what do you mean trying to do like what I was saying about how they do with first base? They try yeah. to do with second base. Yeah. Well, they, a lot of guys just don't think. They just oh, okay, I'm gonna. 
you know, I'm running around the, the bag, and they don't think about hitting the inside of the bag. They hit the outside of the bag, and as a result, they lose an extra step or two, which, you know, that probably makes... doesn't make a huge bit of difference, but it can in a yeah, close actually, play. Oh, yeah. Close play. I, I can't even imagine hitting the outside of the bag on second base. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's been so long since I played baseball. I don't even <laughs> remember having a hitting a double, so, you know, or a triple. <laughs> It's a long time. You just hit those home runs. I just hit home that, runs that all the time. Just, that know. way you could just walk. I did hit eight home runs in, did my, you really? in a little league season in 16 games. Yeah, I did. You know what's so, funny? When, when I'll say when we were younger, <clears throat> guys didn't hit too many home runs. Yeah. Well, you know, we, would, were, it's a ma- in the majors? No, in the minors. In the minors? <laughs> my dad was the manager, so I got to play every game. He there was you on, go. Uh, I was also on the all-star team that year. So my one yeah, year. Yeah, but see, that, well... Well, um, now in Little League, who decides? Uh, it's other managers who decide, right? Decide what? If you're on the All Star, not your own. Manager. Oh no, yeah, it was like a um, bunch of managers got together. Yeah, and, okay, you know. so you earned it. It wasn't yeah. just a yeah. Uh, yeah, situation yeah. of you know, hey, my son, I want my son to be on the All Star. Yeah, team. no, no, my dad actually, my dad was not a he didn't play favorites, but I was just I was a good player in Little League. I mean, there for at least two years, I was a good player. And that one year, my dad, man, the one year my dad managed me was my best year. I think it was because I, I listened to him more than I did the other managers because, you know, I paid attention. He yeah. understood. He played college baseball, so he was a good oh, player. okay. Yeah. See, I, uh, I, I coached my uh, daughters. I, I was never the head coach, and right. I never wanted to be head coach. Yeah. I always liked being assistant coach. Deal with all those hover, hovering helicopter parents. That and Why also, you know, the scheduling and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. but I mostly uh, – I didn't do it as much – well, I did it when my son was in minor leagues. When he hit oh. the when he hit the majors in in little league, they kind of had things set, and they didn't need any extra people. Sure. But for my daughter's softball, oh, I, I, I did it all the way through. When she hit high school, um, they just again they kind of had their own their own thing. But before that, it was really good to uh, to it was a good bonding experience. Yeah. And my daughter was very she was a good player, and it was kind of neat because she really just listened. She's like you. I, like you with, yeah, with I, I think – I hate to say it. I mean, this sounds sexist, but I, I'd rather – if I was coaching, you know, uh, Little League or Recreation or whatever, I'd rather coach the girls because I think the girls basically are a little easier to deal with. They listen yeah, better. They listen, they're yeah. more team-oriented. It's not that the boys – there's plenty of boys out there who are, but it's just that generally speaking, I think – I've talked to a lot of coaches and they say the girls and women are just a lot more team-oriented and less individual-oriented. Yeah, and also the boys can get a little bit rambunctious. Yeah, whereas the and girls, you know, I mean, as, some as girls can, right. but you're right. I mean, girls just part, tend yeah. to see, tend to be a little bit more focused. The thing that would drive me crazy is is the chance. They oh, the these, girls oh, love they, those chants, oh don't they? Gosh. And they do that. Some of them yeah, are so silly. I know, uh, but you know, it's like okay, that's okay. That's all right. We go down. You know, yeah. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Hey, you, on two, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> I mean, I know. Real silly. So, I, I mean, know. It's just, it was actually, it was very comical, I yeah. got to say. But, uh, kind of cute. Kinda yeah, cute. She, she did actually pretty well. She made, like, uh, you know, what they didn't call it the all-star team because they didn't have all-star, uh-huh. but, but they, like, you know, made mention oh. uh, in the league. Did she play high school ball? Uh, she did. Oh. Yeah. And high, school, it, high school softball for girls is fun to watch. I, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't. Have you ever watched some of these these uh, college women's softball games? I mean, they so, really they really bring that ball in at a at a high speed. Yeah, it's funny they're they're not as fun to watch because it's usually you know a, a one to nothing. Yeah, game. it's a low scoring. It's, game. it's really low scoring. But in high school, especially if you have decent teams, uh, the thing that's funny. And actually, when I helped coach when she was in eighth grade, the the games 
it was amazing how intense things would oh, get. Yeah. But for us, the coaches, the girls just kind of like, oh, I'm up to bat. Okay, I'll try to get a hit. Yeah. But they don't they don't realize the 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 the, the uh, how serious this game yeah, is. Well, you know, if you're situation. a manager or a coach, it doesn't matter whether it's little league or, or the majors. You're you're intense. Now, who is the gal, the tall blonde who who uh, was very popular, very attractive, and she played a I oh got five, six, seven years ago in the college ranks and she they had an exhibition with her coming out the pitcher right the pitcher and yeah. she struck out a couple of major league hitters you know with a softball yeah. uh and they couldn't hit her because she threw the ball so fast and it moved and i can't yeah. remember the gal's name but she was really i can't remember it either you remember that though no but i i do remember that uh yeah. in fact wasn't there a woman in babe ruth's time who uh, there could, were a few that a few actually who could yeah. throw and, yeah. and they were she, they were striking. I mean yeah. that was overhand pitching. Yeah, but uh, I still every time I think of underhand and, and uh, good pitchers, I think of the king in his court. Yeah, remember him? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm surprised more people don't learn how to throw a sidearm because it takes a lot of strain off your shoulder. Yeah. And there was a guy um, who pitched back in the day who actually uh, killed a hitter uh, because in the back in 1920. They didn't wear helmets. A guy named oh, Ray Chapman, Chapman yeah. for the uh, Cleveland Indians was hit. Carl to, Mays. Carl Mays. Very yeah. good. You remembered. Yeah, remember. And Carl Mays was, uh, I believe, I don't know if he was a Hall of Famer quali- caliber uh, mm-hmm. quality, but he was close. But he, the problem with him was he never expressed publicly any regret. He, the only thing he ever said was the guy should have gotten out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Know, and and if I understand the story a little bit more, it, it's like the it, the ball was a little bit dirty. It was yeah. dusk. It was and hard it was, to it see. It was hard to see. And, you know, it's interesting. Cleveland went on to win the World Series that year. That was the last time know. they won a World Series until 1948. And, of course, part of it was that they were trying to win win one for Ray, you know. Yeah. It's like win one for the Gipper. But he's the only major league player to ever been killed in a game. And was he a sidearm pitcher? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Carl Mays. They say he threw so low he you know, the, the almost the, like submarine or he hit submarine, the bottom hit the, yeah. hit the hit the ground yeah I don't know if that's true but you know well and they they uh, I remember like guys like Kent Tacolvi and Kent a couple Ticolvi, other guys yeah. were, Ted Abernathy another one oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and and every once in a while uh, Dan Quisenberry Dan Quisenberry yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a um, manager would question yeah and the umpire would have to kind of make a I, I don't think I ever remember. Though an umpire actually, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, balk because of it." I, get, I yeah. don't know if it'd be a balk or just an illegal. Well, pitch I think or... there were a lot of there were a lot of pitchers that threw doctored baseballs. You know, um, Mike Scott was yeah. Oh, yeah. always apparently, you know, Astros. Yeah, you have the Astros. He was uh, taking a little thumbtack and scratching up the baseball so it would do crazy things. And and, and it, well, it's not a thumbtack. He would take a little piece of sandpaper. And I remember when he pitched against the Giants once, a bunch of fans in the stands, a whole bunch of them had these little pieces of sandpaper going every time he's pitching. It was hysterical. Who was the one who was it? Was it Kurt Schilling? Who was the one who had the nail file in the back pocket? Oh yeah, he kind of he kind of tossed it. Yeah, I remember that. That was funny. Who was that? Was it Schilling? I don't remember. But there have been a few, yeah. you know. I mean, Gaylord Perry, believe it or not, I mean, he admitted later he used the grease ball. He'd take Vaseline. But they never found it. And you know why? He'd always put it in the most innocuous place yeah. where they wouldn't look. He'd put it inside his ear. Ear, yeah. Or he'd put it... Um, it was just on the bill of the cap. The bill that's of pretty, the, uh, yeah, but they'd look obvious. everywhere and they couldn't find it. He goes, once they found a spot where I thought they were going to not check again, I'd put it there. And he that that he this uh, famous game 1964 he pitched I think 11 or 10 innings of shutout ball against the New York Mets in an extra inning game that went 23 innings and he said his career changed th- at that moment he said he had to 
doctor the baseball because he was so tired. He needed to get some movement on the ball. And, he said, and from that point he's on, in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame. Well, he pitched till he was in his 40s. Yeah, but still. No, they, another real. Now, see, here's somebody. Okay, so whether a guy, um, you know, uses steroids to yeah, cheat yeah. or whether someone uses, you know. Uh, I know. If Barry, if Barry right? Bonds is not allowed in the Hall of Fame, then Gaylord Perry shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, right? Exactly. I mean, cheating, what, one kind of cheating versus another kind of yeah, cheating. If anything, Gaylord Perry's <laughs> career was more uh, – was helped more by by cheating than Barry Bonds, you yeah. know, because Bonds was already a great player. Gaylord Perry was kind of a journeyman until he learned how to doctor the baseball. Also, you, you know, that, that you know, it's a very good point because taking steroids to make you big and strong, hitting a baseball is still really hard. It is hard, but but if you can doctor a baseball, and when you're a pitcher, yeah, you don't necessarily have to be a Hall of Fame type player to to pitch Hall of Fame. It's like throwing a wiffle ball yeah. in a way. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and again, uh, I'm not saying that taking steroids didn't help players because they can recover from their injuries faster. And yeah, they'll but hit that's the, not. But they're not going to hit the ball, you know, with any more. They might hit home runs a little bit further, but yeah. they're not going to get more base hits. That's not going to make your eye. Uh, no, it won't do your eye, hand-eye coordination. No. I mean, it, potentially it could, you'll, you know, if you hit a ball harder – you know, you might get it past the infield, yeah. or a ball that might be uh, hit to the warning track might go out. But still, no, I, I agree with you. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to help the hand-eye coordination. No. And, and, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of players still doing steroids. You, it's mostly Latin players. It's interesting if for some reason huh. Latin players are doing it. And look at the number of home runs this year. I think home runs are an all-time high this year. Are you thinking like Giancarlo Stanton? Well, I don't know about him, but I'm just saying there are a lot of guys that have that have been caught doing it, and I'm I'm not sure why there's such a huge number of home runs this year. And, and uh, what do they do? Like now that it's been so, hey, if, if you do this, we're gonna you know throw you out of baseball or something. Uh, well, they suspend guys, you for half the season or a third of the season or whatever, but they don't throw people out of baseball for using steroids. Or, or just you, you won't get in the Hall of Fame. Of course, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I guess the suspension is still worth the risk. Well, you know, considering the amount of money you can make, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a proven fact that it does help players stay in the game longer. Look at Bonds. I mean, not that Bonds wouldn't have played till he was forty two, but who's to say how effective he would have been? But uh, you know what? That, it's funny that that part of the steroids doesn't bother me um, of being able to recover faster right. and stuff like that. I yeah. mean, you know, if it if it helps you versus another guy hitting a baseball further, that's different. Right. But just getting recovery from injury shouldn't. be. Hey, it. football. And they, and they still have been doing it. They, they do it more in football than any other sport. And in the 70s and 80s, people were doing it rampantly. I mean, it was ridiculous, the amount of steroid use oh, that was yeah. going on. And, you know, to build up muscle mass in football is important. You know, take, you yeah. you've you got to have more power and more, you know, speed and, and, and more bulk. Just and to stay in the game. Stay in the game, yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to go to our uh, last trivia question. We've had a lot of fun yeah, going yeah. fast here. Who is the oldest Major League Baseball player, pitcher, mm-hmm. to throw a perfect game. Hmm. That's a good one. You like that one? Yeah. And by the way, you know what? We didn't talk about Burley Grimes. Wasn't he the last guy to be able to legally throw, throw a spitball? That's right. Burley Grimes okay. of the Brooklyn, Do- and Brooklyn I think, Dodgers. And yeah. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. I believe he is. Right? And so there's a guy. I mean, throwing a spitball, you know, yeah. I guess that's going to doctor the baseball just as much well, as in those days, they, In those days, they used the licorice ball. They, they take things like licorice and chew it in their mouth and then put it on the ball and make the ball as black as a hat you know 
So you couldn't see it as well. Yeah, so you couldn't see it. Yeah. Oh, these rascals. All right, that's our trivia question. Who is the oldest major league pitcher to, to throw, throw a, a perfect, perfect game? game? All right, don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be back with some closing comments. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. My joints used to kill me. I'd wake up with stiff knees and a stiff back, and it wouldn't get much better throughout the day. I went to doctors and took almost every supplement you can think of, and nothing seemed to help. Then I found something called Oil Can Joint Lubricant. They use only top-of-the-line, all-natural ingredients, and I know many companies make similar claims, but here's the big difference. Oil can ingredients are scientifically formulated to work together faster than anything else in the marketplace. That's guaranteed. I take oil can every day. My knee pain was gone. It's just a few days. So if you have knee pain, back pain, and you've tried everything, try Oil Can Joint Lubricant risk-free right now. I'm confident you'll have fewer aches and pains within days, or we will gladly refund your money. Call right now. 800-989-1795. Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the sports talk host that can talk about all sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days. And anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert Hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now, 800-428-1570. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Third trivia question, who is the oldest major league pitcher to throw a perfect game? Now, fairly recently? or um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like in the 1930s or 40s or anything like that. 60s or 70s? No, no. More the, like the 90s? Uh, 2000s. Wow. Who was the oldest? Uh, you know this person? Roy Halladay? No. Hmm. But you have the first initial and the first name correct. Starts with an R. Oh. 
God, I'm, I'm Come on, stumped. you know him. I'm stumped. Randy Johnson? Of course, yes. Randy Johnson. Age, age 40 for the D. Yeah, for the he, that D-backs. guy had a great career, and he didn't use steroids either. Did not use no, steroids. No, he, he definitely Boy, he didn't. was a sourpuss, though. Did not really? want one of the one of the most curmudgeonly guys I'd ever. You yeah, know, he curmudgeon. he and Kurt Schilling were the two, two aces on that oh, 2001 yeah. team, and Schilling is just a bizarre <laughs> character. You know, Schilling is one of those guys who believes that uh, that we didn't land on the moon. You know, I mean, he's kind of. He's oh, did kind he of actually a, say that? He said something like that. He's kind of a nutcase. You uh, know, I mean, I don't mean to no, cast I, aspersions I, I on I the know. individual. But I just I remember talking to him a bunch of times and. He'd say some off the wall things. Like, Where is that coming from? Well, I don't. I don't remember, I remember actually saying, saying that, that to him once. I, he said something outrageous. I said, "Kurt, where is that coming from?" <laughs> you know, maybe he's just trying to yank your chain. He was. He was. He was trying to, you know, shock me. Shock you. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Here's our thoughts for the day. Steve Pronfant. Prefontaine. Yeah, it made a great movie about him. By the way, that's right. They did. With Jared Leto playing the role of Prefontaine and. He got him. He was actually a pretty good cross country runner himself yeah. in college, and he played Prefontaine. They didn't use any stand in or anything, and all the and all well, good, the uh, good for that. Yeah, okay, yeah. so he said most people run a race to see who's the fastest. I run a race to see who has the most guts. I, I like, like that. that. Yeah, he was a guy, and he was from a little town called Coos Bay, Bay Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And uh, it's not the disability that defines you; it's how you deal with the challenges the disability presents you with. Mm. You have an obligation to the abilities we do have, not the disability," said Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott, boy, that there's a guy who overcame some disability. Oh, yeah. huh? Pitcher for Jeez. the Angels and the Yankees. Yeah, right? yeah, and I think he won a World Series with. Well, maybe he didn't win a World Series. Was with he on Yankees, that? Was he on the I Yankees th- team? I think, that he, was on, I think that he was. Yeah, All he, right, he pitched for a number of years. Good he pitch, did. Good pitcher. He was good pitcher. Yeah. Okay, tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long. <laughs>